doing the thing right now. See, you said you were ready, and now you're not ready. I don't know why it does that. It doesn't pause things. Let's race with messenger. I don't know, man. Yeah. All right, play us in, baby. No, that was it. We're in. Oh, we're in? Cool. Hi. What's up? Uh, I just, uh, I'm bouncing down 294 in the Cummins at 350. I'm sure everybody can hear that in the background. Yeah, you uh, sound great. I just got off the dyno for the third time. I've got like 10 hours of trips to and from the dyno. You know, uh, if you made sure your stuff was ready uh, before you went to the yeah. dyno, you'd save yourself a lot of time. See, I thought it was each time, but it was not. Uh, yeah, so we had crank trigger issues, and then we had a different crank trigger issue. And, uh, and now we don't have crank trigger issues because I wired my car correctly. Uh, I don't know how my car has ran for the last two years because I had a resistor in the wrong place. And, and you told it to stop resisting? Uh, yeah, I had, like literally just cut the resistor out, like changed some values, uh, fixed, fixed one crappy solder joint, and we're good to go. So awesome. it's mostly the resistor. The resolder joint was totally working. I just wanted to do a better one. So uh, I remember as you've been building this car, you've fried the ECU like a few times. Um, all my fault, not all things so. All, all your fault each time? Yeah, every time. No, have you considered maybe getting better at doing this stuff? Yeah, yeah. The first time I was, uh, I wired my kill switch, um, and then I forgot that I had grounded the ECU straight to the ground and not to the kill switch. So what you're saying is the kill switch uh, was to kill the ECU? Uh, yeah, it was, the, it was killing the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't considered the fact that when you unground the battery, um, but the ECU is still grounded, and then you accidentally flip the car on while the kill switch is off, everything goes through the ECU. And in the words of uh, the Haltech service guy, uh, I've never seen one more ruined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you're going to do something, you might as well be the best. Right, right. And then I bought a used one, which somebody had literally uh, had an alternator fail, and they ran like 20 It was West Penn, who has raced GLTC a bunch of times now. Um, he, he had like this weird external regulator on his alternator, and then that thing failed, and he pumps 27 months through it or something. And they repaired it, but they didn't like test it long enough, and like it, it wasn't it wasn't good. So, um, it, it literally got like hot to the touch after uh, after like thirty seconds. So Brilliant. it like tested tested okay on the bench, but like not in use. Um, so are you using your headset or are you using the phone? I'm straight into the phone right now. That's how loud the truck is. You sound weird. I wonder if it's yeah. just uh, Facebook trying to filter out the noise from your stupid truck. Yeah, probably. I'm also going through an area that I don't always get the best service in. Mm. So, so uh, Coda's coming up. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, my car goes into a trailer tomorrow night. So that's why it's been a Well, I was, uh, was going to have to take time off to go to Coda, and now I don't. Yeah. So that's cool. No, you don't, you don't have to take any time off anymore. I have yeah. all the time off. Position eliminated. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, uh, you face the final boss in the video game. Pretty much. So uh, if any of the listeners are feeling bad about themselves because they were fired over Zoom, um, do not feel bad because it happens a lot. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, I like so it. Your, your company was literally eliminating research positions because nobody cares about research anymore. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a fact. And actually, um, it probably worked out okay for them because I did uh, more than most. I worked really hard to document all of the work and the learning that I had done. Um, right. And all of my like reports and findings and stuff were completely like written up and submitted through the proper channels. And so like now that I'm gone, they still get the benefit of that. It's not as if they wasted all that money. So like, Oh, so you did your job right. And you worked yourself out of a job. Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, that's cool. It's, it's not sour grapes though. I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, having never to go back there again um, yeah. on Friday. So I, I was, I was, I was let go on Thursday afternoon and uh, the, the terms of the severance are, are lengthy, but um, basically I'm on like leave for 45 days or so. Um, but I'm not expected to work. And so like on Friday, Ashley has the day off and I was just like, let's go do something. So we, uh, we were going to go to the shed aquarium. Um, but tickets were booked up. So we decided to go to the one in Cincy at uh, Newport and we're going to go to shed on Tuesday and we're going to hang out with your brother and Allison and Sierra on Tuesday afternoon should be nice. Oh, cool! Cool. So, where are you going to hang out with them? I don't know. Okay, well, let me know because I'm still in town until Thursday. So. Sick. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. it uh, cool. I don't know. My, the The people that I respect um, that aren't with the company anymore all like called and sent me a really nice message, and they were like, "Yeah, you're better off. This is this is way better. It's not being here is way better." You referred to it on uh, Friday, Friday night, or maybe Saturday morning, uh, in a text to me as golden handcuffs. And I was like, what's golden handcuffs? And I thought about it, and I was like, oh, they're handcuffs, but they're gold. Uh, so you were basically handcuffed to a place you hated because they were paying you too much money to quit. So, Correct. Yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah. true. And I think yeah. that that accurately describes a number of my colleagues who still work there. They're like, right. eh, I mean, I make good money. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy, but like, I make good money. So, phone well, it in. I, I, I think uh, for the most part, change is almost always good. Uh, so, uh, fuck it, let's try it. You know, try some change, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, See where you land. Hopefully, you land somewhere happier uh, and also pay the bills. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the the situation is different, right? Because when you reset your entire life, you get to decide how big your bills are. Right. That's so, true. um, if I get a at job, least re- at least you reset like your life a little bit around Christmas or November. Yeah. Uh, with the house, with the house swap. So, yeah. Now, now the cool thing is I, I tried to talk to my management to see if like we were all good and not going to be in this situation in November before I bought the house. And they were like, no, nah, man, it's cool. <laughs> those, those assholes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So oh, like that, that was a, that was a direct conversation that I had, but whatever. Nice. Um, so oh. I don't know, man, if, uh, I, I know that Ashley's like, uh, not, not super, super into the idea, but part of me really wants to be back in like Chicago land, North shore area. I know that we talked about that on the show, um, last week, but like, kind of like it there. I think you'd be the only person in 2020 and 2021 to move into Illinois. <laughs> This place is going down and it's going up in flames. Well, like, I I don't know. I I think everything is relative. So Ashley was talking and you talk at length about how expensive the property taxes are in the state. And it's like, well, I mean, like they are, but like 
they're really not like yeah well, it's, I mean, it's money comparably especially on the it seems like especially down by me like it's it's literally out of control like i'm paying the same property taxes on my house as you are i'm like double the house um i, I mean that's annoying and yeah but like busted. i don't know i mean you're, you're basically like kind of paying a rental rate to be around the city right like you know, you pay the tax and then you get the benefits of living in the city. If you if you aren't enjoying the benefits of living in the city, then you can complain about the taxes. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, like, you know how much I love Schaumburg. If you were living out in Schaumburg and the taxes were high and uh, and you weren't um, you weren't like going into the city to do city stuff, then that would right. suck. Right. Oh, shoot. Am I in the wrong place? I'm going the wrong way. We got on a podcast and I forgot where I was going. Oh, no. It's not <laughs> like you've not dri- made this drive a thousand times. Yeah, literally, like, all of a sudden I'm on 290. Oops, didn't mean that. So. Oh, no, I'm on 88 West. Shit. <laughs> I don't want to pay at 88 West. <laughs> That's such a rookie move. Yeah, I know. What am I doing? How did I get here? I'm lost. Oh, well. It's fine. I know where I'm at, at least. But yeah, I'm I mean, you're not lost unless you can find your way back. So yeah, your car I'm just, made... I'm, like, uh, just, I'm, I'm just not going the right way, that's all. So <laughs> your car made plenty of power, which is good. Oh, dude, uh, I'm the happiest boy after fighting this thing for, like, literally the past three weeks. Um, it, but, like, when I, when I swapped to the bigger F-Series block, I was like, I want the same horsepower as, like, probably what I was making with the blower on the D series, but I want way more torque. I was making like 165, 140. Um, but it like heat soaks like crazy. So it's probably making about 15 less than that at speed. You know, it's um, almost I as if okay. like people told you that putting a supercharger on a GLTC car was a, well, yeah, but I wanted to hear it. It was cool. Um, so I wanted that horsepower. I wanted like 160 and I made 157. Um, and I did tiny swaddle bodies on it so it wouldn't, like, make too much power because the car is light. Um, and I wanted as much torque as horsepower. Um, but instead of 157, it made 180 foot-pounds of torque. And it's, like, it's like a tabletop. It makes it everywhere. It's so freaking great. It's going to rip, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's faster just in, like, a one, like a first, second, third pole real quick. It's way faster. You like, chirping third yet? What's that? Are you chirping third? Uh, I was a little worried about the clutch, so I didn't bank shift because on the dyno I had the clutch uh, preloaded. It's got a little like a Willwood hydraulic slave, and it was preloaded just a little bit, uh, and it was slipping the clutch when I rolled into wide open throttle. So I loosened that, and then it was fine. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm like I'm the happiest boy right now. Even though I'm going, I'm literally like driving to Oakbrook for some reason. I don't know why I'm doing this, but yeah, I'll turn around eventually. I'm in, uh, no, I'm past Oakbrook. Where the hell am I? I passed 355 already. Your Man, wife you is going to be so mad at you. Yeah, you're just getting a daze, you know, just do the wrong things. <laughs> I'm passing the Morton Arboretum right now. That's you're not so the right away. way. <laughs> so, uh, so you made a, a last-minute call to go to the dyno. Um, right. Like, like how does this work? I fixed, it. I, I, I fixed it this morning at 9. I feel so. like Mikey saves your ass all the time. Well, Mikey, I, I save Mikey's ass too sometimes, but I can't talk about how I do that. So. Um, so like when when you pick up the phone to dial Mikey, does he just is he like, oh, fuck, okay, yeah, fine. No, 
No, so I texted him uh, the other day, and I was like, here's what I'm going to try. And he's like, all right, second it works, uh, tell me. I live eight minutes from the dyno. Uh, I'm all yours. Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday. You tell me when. So, Sweet. Um, yeah. No, I mean, he, he and I have been buddies for like 15 years. So, And I think he makes like 90% of his living off of good life cars. Um, so, yeah, he, he wanted – he was – like when the clutch was slipping, he was like, all right, where's the next clutch? Like, leave it here. I'll pull it out. You go get the clutch. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, luckily, they didn't come to that. But, uh, yeah, best dude. Best dude ever. I love that guy. Uh, love one of these days, I really would – I really would like to have Mikey on the show. Like there are many reasons to have Mikey on the show, but one of the reasons is to talk about that time he did a 38.0 in a piece of crap RSX at Gingerman. Yeah. Uh, like in a street, in a street class car. Basically. It's so fast. Like yeah. I realize that now street class cars are faster than that, but like this was, this was naturally aspirated. Yeah. This, like, this is like a club TR yeah. time. It's a 38 yeah. zero and yeah. it is, as fast as um, like Jackie Ding's car when he was in the NAS 2000. Yeah. In an ben, RSS. Ben Mitchell and Ben Dozman bought that car. It's still around. So. Such a cool car. Yeah. They bought it for backup parts for their GLC car. But yeah. Uh, it's, it was so fast. When Mikey blew it up because he supercharged it and he hated his life and he turbocharged it and hated his life more. Um, when he blew it up, he was like, I can't, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to. I'm going to go back to whatever the lowest level class is. So right now he's putting together uh, an Integra for uh, Club GR. Well, like, I think that says a lot about just having fun at the track in a track car, right? Like, right, I I know that uh, Brandon Ranvac has a car that's built for street class, and it's it's an E36 M3 with an S54 swap. And, um, like, every time he gets out of the driver's seat, like – it's a smile from ear to ear. He's like, man, this is just the best car. It's just the it's like best o- car. Yeah, America. it's OEM, but it's lighter than OEM with the motor, and it's like ripping fast. It sounds sick, and it just does whatever you want it to as long as you want it to do it. Yep. And like, Why wouldn't you be happy? If you compare that to some of these like crazy built time attack cars, I mean, it's not, it's not as fast as those cars, but it might be more rewarding, or at least right. you might get more opportunities for it to be rewarding, I guess. Right. I would agree. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes in order to have fun, you have to like stop doing things that aren't fun. And I think building uh, totally wild cars for me isn't fun. I'm glad it's fun for some people. Well, uh, um, I, I think you are in the same place that I am maybe slightly differently though, is that it's not fun for you because you and I are not good at it. I'm actually pretty good at building cars, but like not right now. Cause I have like, uh, I have too many things in my, in my brain, and I'm also like, like I'm not good at wiring standalone ECUs. This is still like my first time doing it. Um, I literally figured out how bad I was at it three years ago today. Um, I don't know how my D series ran with the way I had the crank trigger and cam trigger, um, but luckily I learned some things in the past two weeks, uh, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, I mean. Trying to build stuff at a high level, it takes like a lot of skill, a lot of money, or like all the best people. Um, yeah, my car's not like high level, but it's like for an EF, it's pretty wild. Like, well, and it needs it needs time, right? Like you need right. you need time to stop and sit and think about it for a second before you do something, not just kind of like slap it together. Right, right. I basically slapped this setup together with stuff I had laying around 
you know, um, and built some ITVs and made my life a little more hectic than it should have been for the past three months. But, uh, I mean, ideally, this is probably the last setup. I'll probably build a fresher motor because this motor has been beaten to hell. Um, but I don't think I'm going to change the motor. I think I'll just put a You don't just have another OEM. spare one in the basement? I do. I just got a free one from our buddy Normal, who runs a Honda Me with us. He's like, hey, you want this Accord motor? I'm not going to do anything with it. He's like, yeah, that's exactly the bottom end I have. I have another really low mileage head, and I think I'm just going to literally just get a new set of valve springs, put those together, do the balance shaft lead, and it'll just be a low mileage version of what I have. So right now this thing is, I mean, it smokes a little bit, um, but it seems to run really strong. So Nice. Yeah. Crossing my fingers. I just want to drive Coda for, like, one session. And if it sucks, like, that's fine. Then I'll just announce with Kyle. But at least I got to drive Coda. So um, it's, it's funny. I'm never right? going like, to do that again. We're, um, <laughs> we're you know, we, we're, we're doing this thing called Grid Life. I'm sure everyone who listens to the show knows about that, that thing. Um, running an event at Coda is really expensive. And uh, the Grid Life GLTC is probably the cheapest wheel-to-wheel that you can possibly do at Coda. But like it, uh, it's still per, it's, per minute, especially it's, it's about, still it's right expensive. On, right on, and so I, like I think it's right. It's like uh, maybe a little bit cheaper than a NASA weekend, but we give a little bit more time. So yeah, it's so like it, so if you think stuff. about Adam the driver, not necessarily Adam the grid life person. The only way that you could probably do a weekend at Coda is the event that you're running because like, I don't, yeah, I don't have the money to go out to Coda and buy an entry fee for, for an HPD. It's 1500 bucks. That's yeah. so much money. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about trying to slip uh, JD from super lab battle a few dollars on Friday. Let me like run one session to see how the car, he's got a test day. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I want to do like three laps to see if the car sucks, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he'll, We'll see if waving green dollars in front of his face works. You're like, I have, I have six dollars. Uh, I'll give, I'll give him a couple hundred bucks. He wants five hundred bucks for like an open session. Um, I literally want to run three laps to see if the car is terrible. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I'm uh, scheduled to show up on Friday afternoon, something like four ish, something like okay. that. Is that to the, the Austin th- airport. So I assume people will be at the track on Friday. Yeah, they'll be there all day. This is the first use of because uh, Abe's not coming in an official grid life capacity. He's coming in a slip angle capacity. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So uh, I'm going to bring my yeah. gear and I'm going to I'm going to stuff the microphone in your face and I'm going to try and do some yeah, buddy yeah. Episode, episodes. I hope that Adam Nielsen is going because I had fun recording shows with the buddies then. Um, th- I should yeah, go back uh, to listen to those. Him and so. Dusty, him and Dusty, and a couple other buddies are coming down to take pictures and hang out. Though, like there was some weird stories in those episodes. Yeah, that was those were fun. We need to do those. We need to do a, a, a nighttime garage hang. Yep. So. And we should probably uh, talk really, to. Really glad uh, you're coming, so. We should probably talk to Luke McGrew again now that he's got motor number seven in. Um, Lucky number seven, hopefully. Is uh, is Ryan Upham coming? We've never talked to him, have we? I don't know if he's coming. I think right now he's in in West Virginia doing power line work because he's like a lineman. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. I, he was. He's not on the registrant list, but that doesn't mean he's not coming. <laughs> so. Yeah, like uh, GLTC buyers are weird. They, like, buy all their stuff last second. All right. I, I'll bet we'll be over 20 cars, but right now we're, like, 15. So, uh, like, with me, and, like, with staff drivers, we're at 15. 
I've been really paying attention to um, uh, Cattill's build. It's uh, the rebuild of the front front splitter is super cool. Um, yeah, he's done a lot of really neat work. He um, does really really pro level stuff too. Like well, like everything's just, like just a, kind of thought out, right? Right. He's got the time to like. It's like he goes to work and then he comes back and he thinks about his car. And his girlfriend's like, "Hey, I'm happy to hang out with you in the garage on the couch with our dog." Like he's got the like. He set his life up. To, to have a race car. And yeah. I, I have not at all. So. <laughs> Speaking of, Sarah's like uh, wicked pissed that you packed your shit super quick and uh, went to Mikey's. Yeah, this morning um, when I got the car fixed, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, it might actually happen because I had resigned myself to not take the car. Right. Um, and then uh, she, we had a, we had like an outing this afternoon planned to go to the Oak Brook Mall, which is actually on my left right now because I went the wrong way for 10 minutes. Um, we, uh, we took Emma to the Oak Brook Mall, which is a big outdoor mall, and we went to Build-A-Bear, because Emma's six and loves Build-A-Bear, and uh, just ate lunch, you know, got some sandwiches, walked around and stuff. Um, and uh, on the way home, I was like, so what's your plans for the evening? She's like, let me guess, you're going to the dino. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, Mikey said I could. If, uh, if I go, he'll be there. She was like, oh, She's she's kind of pissed, but um, understandable. I, I, yeah, well, she just wants to hang out and watch like British television on the couch. But like, yeah, I don't need to do that every Sunday. Uh, I do enjoy doing that, but yeah. Now, what's your what's your go to show? Uh, I, I think we just like whatever's on PBS at the time. We just watched a show about a veterinarian in the nineteen thirties. Mm. So, Sarah just loves like British stuff. I like hanging out with Sarah, so I guess I watch British TV. Yeah, Ashley Uh, and I watch an awful lot of a great British baking show. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a fun one. Emma loves that show, actually. Yeah. Emma's writing a cookbook right now as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, six-year-old. It's going to be sick. You need to get her to (laughs) hang out with uh, Nate Kuhn and Jason Wynn and uh, teach her how to dry-age meats for you. That would be a great idea. I think they're coming to track day picnic. I hope too. so. That was Nate, that was Nate the message me about it. Best part of um, a track day picnic a couple years ago. Yeah, the staff the staff lunch on Sunday was pretty bang. Um, speaking of, I don't remember I don't remember where he posted it, but he wrote an article recently, like in the last two weeks, about ice racing and his first experience. And it was like it was super, super well written. I think it was maybe on Everyday Driver, but oh, really cool. well written. Talked a lot about the experience of ice racing, especially like how weird it is if you've never done it before. Like yeah. even even something as simple as like driving your car down the boat launch to the ice is an experience yeah. that if you're not from up north, that's a it's like a weird thing. Um, I remember doing that the first time driving a car onto the lake. And it was like, oh, like, and you see like a pickup truck out there, like plowing, you know, it's fine. Uh, okay. But uh, I went to ice battle. What was it last Sorry, week or two was, weeks ago? My, my dad was calling me and he bumped you off. What'd you say? Oh, I, I said, I went to ice battle with Chris and Sean um, and Shelly and Cone um, yeah. two weeks ago. And uh, took a ride with Andy in the uh, let's call it drift trainer the the Z, and yeah. with a with a hydro handbrake that car on ice is awesome. Uh, be- so cool because it manages hairpin turns like 
incredibly well. I saw that in the in the drone footage. Like I saw how how, how awesome it was. In the hairpins. There was like one shot of it. <laughs> well, I, I guess the other thing. I mean, and this is kind of drift like as well. The other thing he right. could do is is pull the handbrake and pitch the car like I don't know, 60, 70, 80 degrees um, into a corner before you get there, and then right. just like power in, and the car would drive straight through the corner. It was wild. Yeah, he was on studs, right? Yeah. Uh, did he win? What was the fastest time? Like, I, fastest I have to car? assume that he won. Um, that handbrake alone had had to be worth a lot of time because right. the, the track did have a couple hairpins in it. And it was like, there's no one who could possibly go faster around this. That was the car that I drifted at NOLA for the first time ever drifting on the skid pad. Um, it's really fun. Like it's just a stock C with like sphericals and, and like uh, a handbrake. And uh, I guess a second caliber handbrake. Uh, and I think it had an angle kit up front. Yep. So, yeah, it was pretty rad. Um, like I an old, think old ratty three fifty two. I think those guys are at Barber this weekend or next weekend. I can't remember. Of course they are. They're, um, they're, they're always at Barber. The uh, the Super K is being tested again. Um, they've got like the the pickup and takeoff and all those bits like really dialed in now. Um, right. And they're like. They're working on the launch control and just like, it's going to be a really good car. The uh, street mod roar right now, it has me a little nervous because I was just at, at the shop. I'm basically Mikey tunes on the dyno. That's in the same building as PhD racing uh-huh. where Jackie and Jackie and all that one. And Jackie uh, was finishing up a lot. Of, they're like, they got the whole super apart for Coda right now. Still. Did uh, you get to see the new splitter? Did it show up today? Uh, yeah, it did. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, and he told me what it made uh, on AMS's dyno yesterday, and uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it made a lot. Yeah, uh, it has me nervous about the bottom end. Let's put it that way. Like it made a lot of power. It made like a lot. Yeah. So I um kind of dumb. Like uh, time attack right now is is kind of crazy, and it's uh, I don't know. We I think. I mean, I said it a little bit on the the PA show. I think we just kind of have to be careful because it's, uh, you know, like if it gets too intense, it makes it feel inaccessible to other people. And that's like not what we're about. But at the same time, like any series in motorsports over time just gets, you know, as the cars mature into the rule sets, like cars are just fast, man. Like it's uh I can't believe street class cars are doing like the 37s at Gingerman. I know it's insane. Yeah, pretty dumb. Well, I, I think I bet you, I bet I you Club too, TR is going to be 39. I no, I bet Club TR the best TR will do like a 37.8 probably. I don't. I don't think it'll be that fast. There's still 255s. Yeah, Jackie yeah. did that on. He did a 38.0 in Club TR spec two years ago. Uh, that's true. Might, might be doable. Um, but man, that was a good lap. If you're listening to the show and uh, you have never seen Jackie Ding's S2000 like NA lap record at Gingerman, um, look for it on YouTube because it is an excellent lap. Yes, there are faster times that have been driven at that track, but man, that's a good lap. That one, he, he hangs it out like, like it's all on the line. There ain't a lot left. Cool, cool to see somebody like where you where you watch the video and you're like, oh. Yeah, you can't do any more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you're you're on edge the entire time. There is no more corner speed to be had. Right. 
And so like yeah, at that point to go faster, you really have to start like, you know, weighing the, the min speed in the corner versus the exit speeds and like really get into the strategy of how to go faster. Yeah. Play with gearing. Like you're down in tenths at that point. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, some, time attack stuff this year like i think pub tr is gonna be really really fun i'm really nervous and excited to see what ferris does with the corvette the um, uh, my, my biggest concern for him is um i guess unlike you know jackie and moss who haven't completely rebuilt the car without testing like right. uh f- i mean we we hope that ferris shows up at coda with a car that's like running great because like yeah. a big event like this uh, to be the first test is just like it could be a crapshoot and that's always right. really sad i think he's gonna probably fight the arrow a little bit because it's because cody made him some real big carbon stuff but um i mean alex uh alex pites knows how to tune the car i, I bet it'll run pretty well um uh, and it's like you know, their their second iteration of turbo life so they know a little bit more about that but uh I'm really curious to see how it does with that much more. Arrow. Yeah, I, I wonder. Um, I mean, Ferris is a heck of a driver, uh, but I do wonder how much time it will take to get used to the the extra downforce on the car. Right. Um, I think the downforce is probably pretty easy to get used to if the car is set up for it. Like, uh, but yeah, finding the I mean, finding the last few miles an hour in every turn is probably going to be creeping up on that edge. Is probably a little scarier because it's going to be so much faster. Well, and I'm not, um, I'm not an expert on that track, but, um, it really seems like the high downforce stuff is between like turns one and 11. Um, and then you have the back straight and then like the stadium stuff feels like it's mostly mechanical grip, like lower speed stuff. Um, but I mean, maybe, uh, I'm curious if he will be, um, using the arrow, um, on the back straight as a way to like manage his top speed. Uh, like it, maybe it'll be aggressive enough that like he'll be arrow limited on the top, uh, on the back straight instead of gearing limited. Um, I think but, he might've changed the gearing too. Oh geez. Yeah. No, I think he did. I can't remember that. I don't know, man. That's uh. well, it'll be exciting. Whatever it is, it'll be exciting. Yeah. And I saw that Life had built a Corvette. I think that's an unlimited car, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, haven't really seen what it's done yet, but it'll be exciting to, like, be around when that stuff's going on. Right. I hope, that, I hope the weather's good. I hope it's, uh, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I have no uh, ambition to, like, do well myself. I just want to drive the track and have a good time. Um, but I hope my car doesn't fight me the whole way, too. That would, that would suck. So yeah, far, sure. I mean, like... We did a lot of pulls on the dyno, and the only problem I found was that I had forgotten to tighten one of the alternator bracket bolts, and so I just tightened it, and it was good. <laughs> so, uh, so, so far, so good on that, but yeah, we'll see. Definitely taking my spare clutch. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. So I'm trying to uh, to look for weather. Uh, yeah, see. we're what? We're seven days out now, six days out. Uh, Austin... Let's see. It says that it's going to be nice on Saturday and Sunday, like nice. high 60s. I'm not, I'm not taking rain tires because I don't think I have enough room in Ben, ben and Ben's trailer. So oh, just and, taking and, and you don't have uh, you don't have enough room on your other ride. 
Uh, no, my, my other ride, which I'll talk about later, uh, is basically backpack only. <laughs> so, um, so we, we got to make room for the whiskey in that ride. Right, right, naturally. Um, yeah, plenty so of room. I bought Kentucky a... Boys <laughs> The, the Patreon supporters of the Slip Angle Show bought me a ticket um, to Austin from Indianapolis. It's a round trip uh, Friday to Monday, direct flight. And uh, normally I do not advocate for flying mega, mega cheap air um, right. because there's no legroom and it's, it's miserable. Uh, but like, right. I do feel like there's a certain duration of flight where it's manageable. Um, and I think that duration is about two and a half hours, any longer than that. And, and you will That's hate probably about what it is, right? Um, but round trip after tax, it was $111. That is bonkers to you. Like what, it, what do you, what are you flying? Like bills, airline, uh, Allegiant. I don't even know what that means. Allegiant is like spirit or one of those, but this is only like a seasonal, uh, route from Indianapolis. Right. So like, you so can't are you, always. Are you, are you gonna have to hold up the map for them because they don't know where they're going? Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm like super excited. You couldn't you couldn't yeah. drive there for that money. No, that's you I couldn't drive there in an insight for that money. No, probably not. Um, so yeah, I think I think that'll be good. And uh, well, I was concerned about managing vacation, and now I'm not. So that's cool. Yeah, you got uh, you got some you got some severance weeks of pay, so now you're getting paid to go to Cota. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> so I have my like patent test on March 19th. So the only thing that's in between, uh, like now and then, is Coda. Everything yeah. else is just like study. Study for your uh, for your patent researcher exam thing. Yeah, the uh, the pass rate on that is like really low. I think it's less than fifty oh, percent. Really? So. Um, and you like have well, to be a you have to be a scientist or engineer to even be able to take it, so like that's wild. It's hard, um, and I'm nervous, so I hope I do okay. Well, and if I if I don't pass, I'll make sure to tell you about it on the show. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I appreciate uh, that you're coming because it'll make my life a little easier. We can actually probably bank up some shows, and I can like take uh, the rest of March and breathe a little bit. Yeah, because, like, we're going to get right back to it. Yeah, because April, i gotta, we got to do a lot of organizing on my end for uh, NCM, uh, but we're getting there. What, uh, as far as organizing goes, what uh, what are the big things that need to be done before NCM? Um, i gotta get, I got to secure corner workers. Uh, i got to, like, finalize the schedule. Uh, we got to do a layout. Uh, I'm hoping to do, like, schedules for every event. Uh, they're they're all like pre-built, and I'm hoping to have them like mostly dialed in by the time we get to NCM. Um, so um, trying to do a lot of like my my stuff that I hate doing before the events. So I'm trying to do it all like in April, but we also have to go to California for a couple days to do a, a skip day event out there. What so, day is that? It's March 25, Thursday. Sweet, that's after my test. Yeah. I could probably go. Yeah, we might be able to send you. Slip angle might might send you there too. So. Sweet. Um, so, uh, I think for those drivers or, or listeners who haven't been to a grid life event, a big difference between grid life and like, uh, another track day organization is that, uh, they both have set schedules, but in a, like a conventional track day, the time rotation is like very cyclical and it's very predictable. It's like an hour loop 
every hour right. for the entire weekend. And like the hard part about a grid life weekend is that it's not just cycling through DEs. It's like DE plus drift plus showcase plus time attack plus GLTC plus, you know, these, right. these on track rollers plus like, uh, like the production of the event makes building the schedule like a really hard thing to do. The, the live stream, especially this year, because we're live streaming eight or nine events. Um, and the live stream, uh, we're hoping to like really condense. You know, we try to we try to front load the day with either live stream, which is competition stuff, or HP. So like it's all broken up. Uh, it's it's hard, and every event is different because you're like looking at daylights. Try to go as late as we can. Uh, yeah, it's it's annoying, but but we've you know we're really only throwing one more track into the mix in Heartland, which seems like they're going to be really easy to work with. So, oh yeah, do they have uh, enough okay. internet bandwidth to make it work, or do we have to bring in uh, internet? Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, we're throwing two tracks in NCM. We didn't actually do last year. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Just get canceled. But it's so. it's so weird because I feel like everybody that's in our circle has driven NCM. Right. So yeah, like, except for us, except well, for me, except for you. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's one of those tracks that I feel like everybody's kind of into. So it's new right. to uh, the grid life calendar, but I don't think it's new to many people. No, which would be good. I think I'll bet you two thirds or half of drivers will have driven there. I bet you most of HPDE has not, but most of the competition drivers have. Well, I think uh, a lot of drivers, if they were competing at a grid life event would be smart to go to either the binge Tokyo event or the PhD racing, uh, Nankang event, um, that, that Jackie's been that be uh, advertising because like, I, I think, uh, winning formula is renting the track the Friday before. As well. Jeez Louise. Everybody's yeah. renting the track so they can go fast at NCM. Yeah. Uh, Emil or somebody's going to text me if that's wrong, but, uh, I hope it's not. I wonder, uh, I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea for how fast the different classes will go in time attack. How fast do you think that the qualifying time will be for NCM and GLTC? Uh, what did Derek think it was? 218, something like that? Does that sound right? 218 would be pretty quick, but I kind of expect cars to be faster than that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he said it, or maybe 216 is like what, what Emil and Aaron Hibbrain and their cars there. I forget. So, this this could be wrong, but I think when when Tom still had the Camaro and he was running SCCA TT Nats in whatever prop yeah. that car was, I think he ran a two twelve. So like, I think he ran a two eleven, maybe. But yeah. So I mean, maybe like two fifteen. I I don't know. TLTC is not like that good in a straight line, and there's a lot of straight there. That's true. Um, but GLTC but cars there's also are a lot of twisties, the and yeah. they're really good at twisties. Yeah. Such a fun track. There's just so much of everything. I think I, if I take my car, I'm only going to drive it to PDE because I just want to experience the track. That's so fun. Um, but uh, and like, it's really hard to learn like a new dangerous-ish track while I'm also in a race. Yeah, in a race and also hosting the event at the same time. So it yeah. might be detrimental to my car if I don't. Yeah, you uh, got to kind of protect that thing. It's it's an heirloom at this point. I don't have time to fix it. That's the biggest thing. Like, I literally don't want to break it because I don't want to fix it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. that is a benefit of, you know, having worked on this car so much is that nearly any incident is repairable with enough time. I have a shell, too. I have, like, a rust-free backup shell in my buddy's attic at his barn. The forklift is up in his attic. Neat. So, 
But I, so I'm, I'm with these cars for a long time. Like, uh, this is the long haul. This is the, the relationship of, of, the, of lifetime. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't want to have to change it. So I don't think that we've talked about it on the show since you did it. Um, can we do an episode soon about your putting the F20C or the, the K20C into the CRX? Oh, yeah. We should do something, something like that at uh, Toto. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would so, be great because you yeah, you built that. I built the engine mounts and everything using some Passport stuff. Passport gave me a set of mounts for the new Civic Type R and, uh, and for, a, for an EF, for a K. Um, and, like, I, I really hacked the snot out of them. But uh, it's in the car. I had to hack the strut tower or the shock tower on the passenger side to recess it for the oil, VTEC oil solenoid stuff. Um, I had to recess and chop out driver's side frame rail uh, up front by the, the radius rod because the transmission on the CTR is enormous. Um, and then the cross member has like a two inch by five inch notch for the diff housing because the transmission is enormous. It's all had to be like boxed back in. And it's up at Charlie at hard times. It's up at his shop now to get like, like basically I did, I did like, I, I did the make it hang in the interface stuff. And then we're going to make it all strong again. Uh, I boxed it all back in, but we're going to, like, reinforce, make it look pretty, um, and build a new cage. And then uh, I think the buddies over at Al's Auto Body are going to be doing the body work. And John Saval did a full rendering. If you go to Grid Life social media or the Grid Life, grid.life website, uh, you can see, it, you see pictures of it in the blog. That's what it would look like. It have, like, a mutant front-end body kit. Uh, design but it's a it's like a, a box flare wide body super clean uh, yeah I'm really, I'm really excited about it it's a good car be a lot so, of work but it's a uh, cool car. with the wide body um are you going to how much room will you have for tires underneath um well i have a lot of room for tires uh we're keeping suspension geometry uh factory like we're not moving those the uprights and everything like outboard uh, we're using spacers or a custom wheel to bump the wheel out to be like two inches. Okay. Um, but uh, so I have factory suspension geometry. Okay. Um, but we'll probably be able to put a two, probably two fifty or two seventy five underneath this. Sweet. Now, um, I'm asking because I don't know. When you move the wheel out that far, how do you how do you like protect wheel bearings and stuff like that? Um. It's, uh, so these cars uh, are notorious for killing wheel bearings, which is bad. Um, the way I'm the way I'm planning on it is doing the same thing I did on my car, which is take which is get an SIR VTEC knuckle, which is from Europe or Japan only, maybe Australia too, uh, and it uses an Integra bearing, and a much bigger hub, for the same geometry. I so that that's uh, that's my initial plan is to basically copy my car's setup on that. Car. That should be awesome. Yeah, and then I mean, uh, hopefully the the wheel bearings won't wear out because the wheel will, will be so wide, uh, it won't just be cantilevered out; it'll just be wider. But uh, I, I mean, it won't be like a crazy. We're not going to do like twenty four hour Le Mans kind of races with it, so I don't think it'll be it'll be consumable, but I don't think it'll be a danger. Gotcha. No, I think that's going to be really awesome. Um, yeah. I I don't know what the the grand plans for that car actually are. But build um, channel, build channel, build channel. It's uh, we we've talked yeah. about it already, haven't we? Uh, basically, like, uh, and then SEMA goals, SEMA booth next year, so or this year, SEMA twenty one. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see where it goes. Need, uh, we've got a lot of work to do, obviously. Yeah, right. Well, that's, I mean, that's the point of a build channel. Right. Anyway, well, my, uh, my people keep bothering me, calling me. Um, so I'm going to say, let's call this a show. Sounds good to me. And uh, let's say thanks to our, our partners over at uh, Apex Pro, uh, apextrackcoach.com, and FCP Euro. If you want to get some lifetime warranty bits for your car, if you want to buy some oil, you want to get some consumables, uh, grab it from those dudes. They, uh, yeah, and uh, great, I, I, I want to say, I guess I want to plug Apex Pro just a little bit. Over the off-season, they've been doing a lot of um, paid webinars which I yeah. think are a tremendous value. And I believe there's discounts for slip angle listeners available. Um, but if you aren't a data junkie yet, but you think you might want to be, or if you're trying to go faster on track, I think his tools, uh, Andrew is a very, very good communicator and right. it is very easy to get up to speed on things that uh, might otherwise seem difficult to learn if you don't already have a buddy or, or like know how to, to look at that kind of data. And like literally, even if you're not using an Apex Pro, uh, you should probably watch his webinars because like if I can understand it, uh, and I'm not a data dork at all, like like I don't know what hurts means. Like I know now, but like I don't know a lot of things. Um, if I can understand it, like it's, that's the, he, he's dumbing it down, but also uh, explaining it in the right way. So, so. Uh, yeah, big uh, big shout out to both those guys, and thank you all to the Patreon supporters. There's probably no way that I could have responsibly traveled to Coda this year um, without your guys' support. So uh, I'm going to do my best to try and record some good shows to talk to people, hopefully that haven't been on the show before, and then maybe some people that have that have done some crazy yeah. things this off season. Um, I really, really, really thank you, and um, I look forward to bringing you some stuff next week. Now we got a bunch more Patreon subscribers and since we've been like paying more attention to Patreon. So we really appreciate the new buddies. Yep. And uh, um, if you're a Patreon subscriber and you like the content we're making or you want to hear something different, uh, sometimes we just need some ideas. So if there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, send us a message uh, through Patreon and we'll, uh, we'll try and tackle it for you. And I know, I know like the call-in show, basically like Abe is the only one that's not calling into the show regularly because... Uh, uh, I'm talking over Facebook Messenger or Skype or whatever we use. Uh, and I know the quality is not like the best thing in the world, but the fact that Patreon subscribers allowed us to buy like a board to make it as good as possible, uh, it makes these shows so much more doable with busy schedule. So, yeah, uh, we uh, really appreciate The last that. year has been really hard, uh, like just being in person to do stuff. I'm sure everyone can relate. So the fact that we can record with almost anybody anywhere yeah. um, makes things a lot easier. I would like to it's do a show with like Brian from Asport. And I mean, we, we haven't seen him since Honda meet in 2019. Um, right. It would be really cool to, uh, to talk about like what's changed in the Honda world in the last two years. And uh, Nate Brown from uh, FCP Euro actually just gave us a good idea to connect with um, the guy building the craziest CRX of all time. Uh, the V6 sequential inboard brake rear end all wheel drive uh, CRX down in Florida. He's from England. Um, his his actual name is escaping me at the moment, but he messaged me about grid life stuff recently, so he's coming. Uh, but yeah, he's got the wildest build, uh, so we got to connect with that guy. It's literally the craziest build. Yeah. 
So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, We love everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, If you would, please recommend us to your friends. We're always trying to grow a little bit. And um, we want to reach as much of the car community as we can with with our stuff because we think that uh, track life is is good life. Yeah. And my car made 180 torque. So my life is better than it was 12 hours ago. Sick. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys later. See you, bud. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a gridlock to say hello. Hello.